You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I am Autumn. This is episode 75 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And uh, now you might be thinking that your books are the product and how this is what will make readers familiar with who you are and what you're writing. But the truth is that it's getting increasingly difficult to get noticed in today's internet landscape. And uh, here the creation of a brand can be helpful. So that's the topic for today, how to develop your author brand. And we will also share some more words on that a bit later here. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I I think author branding, it surprised me the first time I <laughs> heard about it and thought about it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a brand, but it's actually really fun and it kind of creates some cons- consistency and actually kind of helped focus my writing. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, you're saying that because you do all the graphic designs. That's why you like it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those strange people. And if you ask what color is Monday, I would probably come up with a color for you. So I like I like colors and what, co- what color is Friday? Friday is electric blue. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> electric blue. Yes. Was there week. a reason for that? Or was it just something random you came up with? No. It has an electric blue feel to me. It's it's like it's an energizing, exciting kind of color. I like. Yeah, it has a good good, good energy. Oh, okay. You love it. <laughs> and Mondays is they are black or what? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on the Monday. But yeah, Mondays. Now that I work full time from home, they're probably bright yellow. It makes no difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're bright yellow. I'm happy. I do feel. I still feel like that. You know, get your nose back to the grindstone. It's Monday. Get working. Work done. It doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, how are things on your side of the ocean? No, it's it's good. Uh, I I was thinking that maybe I could give a a new status update on the whole selling oh, a house uh, situation. Saga. Yes. <laughs> saga. Yeah. It's like a novel. <laughs> it's a very, very long and very boring novel. <laughs> it's nonfiction, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A very boring reality show or something. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I talked about last week how we've had uh, a couple who was out looking at the house twice now Mm -hmm. um, and were showing quite some interest. And then last week I mentioned how the, uh, what is it called, like their advisor or Mm -hmm. or the guy who's like advising them for the purchase, he was supposed to call our real estate agent and um, he did that as well, so... I talked to our real estate agent the other day and uh, it was a bit, it's a bit weird because, and I think this, I don't know if this, I mean, I, I, do, I haven't talked to this advisor guy. So of course I'm going off of hearsay and, and feelings here that I don't know if, if they are true or not, but it feels like he might be a bit of a smart, smart guy, you know, a bit like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do some quick deals here and whatnot. I, I don't know because he was like, 
he told uh, our real estate agent that uh, yeah well we can we can put in a price which was, and then it was like 150,000 Danish crowns below the price that we have set it for and keep wow. in mind we already dropped reduced it. the price 100k right yeah. so this is 150 below the 100k we already dropped it that's a little insulting actually <laughs> yeah so so our real estate agent basically told him right away before he even talked to us he said on the phone that you know well i i can't I can't give them this offer. This is ridiculous. Um, it's not a good deal, right? Mm. I mean, of, uh, and he, he basically just said, you know, as as a professional, I, I can't even stand behind that offer. Wow. <laughs> That's um, pretty intense. Yeah. And then the other guy, well, he was just talking like, well, it was just like COVID-19 situation going on. And uh-huh. our real estate agent asked him, what COVID-19, what do you mean? Well, you know, the effect on house prices and when he was saying, well, there is no effect on house prices. <laughs> not not in this area, at least. I don't know about your area, but not here. <laughs> so, and then he started saying, well, um, well, we have to start somewhere, right? Uh, well, not 150K below. <laughs> so he then, yeah, so the real estate then called me and... Um, and uh, we had a chat and he said, uh, so what do we want to do? And yeah, so I instructed him to, uh, after after talking to my wife as well, I, I instructed him to go back and say, you know, come back with something serious and then we can talk. Because this is, <laughs> this, I don't even want to come with a counter offer on this. This no. is just ridiculous. So, but I honestly think, I think they're quite interested. Mm. Uh, I think this is just playing games to just try to, to see, see if they can get something. Because it's been on the market for a little while, so maybe they were just trying to test the water. Yeah, but don't forget as well that she's six months pregnant, that lady, right? <laughs> so either either you basically do something now, right? And right. Then, and our house was the only one that they've been looking at, or you say, okay, then we don't do anything now, and then they have they give birth first, and then but then you know before they get into a house, it'll the kid will be a year old, right? Oh do you really goodness. want to do that? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they're quite hungry, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you say hungry in, in English in situations like this, but that was me translating from Danish. <laughs> but it, it, the concept comes across. I think they're very keen. Yes, they're very keen. <laughs> it sounds that way. Yeah. So, um, so let, let's see w- what's going to happen. We haven't heard back since uh, the other day. It was Sunday uh, when I talked to him. Uh so I, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, well, uh, good luck. I it, would love to hear this story, you know, have a happy ending and she'll be picking her nursery colors and everything else. But <laughs> I guess they have to. That's a, yeah, I would have been a little bit like, really? That's that's all yeah, you're offering. It was a bit annoying because when they were here looking at the houses, and there, there was never any talk about pricing or they never mentioned anything when they were uh, either in the first or the second visit they had about, uh, they didn't say to the real estate in something like, which would be normal, right? To say, right. Uh, you know, are they willing to negotiate and or, or just ask the question? Nobody ever said anything. And then this guy comes in and then he starts doing this playing game. And I almost have a feeling that maybe it's just him pl- trying to play game. Maybe he just told them like, yeah, yeah I'll get you a good price and blah, blah, blah. Some s- stupid sales talk, right? Right. <laughs> because this is also the guy who's going to sell their apartment, right? Oh, so he, yeah. So he probably like, yeah, I'll get you a good price and then I can sell you apartment as well. And da-di-di-da. But 
Yeah. Apparently those types are not just in the United States, I guess. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm sure every nation have those types of people. But and and again, he might not be like that. This is just, I haven't talked to the guy, but it's just a feeling that I get from it. But I could be wrong, of course. (laughs) I need to be careful what I say on a public podcast. (laughs) That's true. Maybe by this time this is aired, hopefully you have the offer in hand. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see what's happening. Um, I also actually just wanted to mention because I posted it on Twitter. I did, have you noticed the movie The Platform on uh, Netflix? No, I have not seen that one. No, because it's quite it's quite interesting. It was like a, it's a, I think a Spanish sci-fi kind of movie. Oh, that sounds uh, good. But I wanted I wanted to mention it because the premise of that movie is is just amazing. I mean, I I don't remember at least ever seeing it before. So it's basically like. It's a prison that is in a tower. So it's like extremely high tower. You learn there's hundreds of floors in it. Mm. Uh, and then the prisoners, they are on uh, whatever floor number between one and their last one, which is several hundreds. Um, and then every day at the top, the, f- from the top, there is a platform lowered, which is full with food. Oh. So it, it's not like... It's like almost like Michelin kind of, you know, they Uh have cooks preparing it. So it's like excellent food and it gets lowered down to level one and they eat for a bit. And then uh, it feels like there's a timer on the platform or something. Mm. But then after a little while, it goes down to level two and it goes, keeps going down. So, and of course the people on the top floor, they just eat everything they can. Of course. Um, and every time it goes down, there is less food on the platform. Oh, that sucks to um, be on the bottom. <laughs> exactly. And then the thing is that every, I don't remember now if it was every, I think it was every month or every week, one of the two, I, I don't remember anymore, but they get basically moved around on the different floors. Okay. So you'll be put to sleep after a week or a month, one of the two. And then when you wake up again, you will be on a different floor. Oh gosh! So if you wake up on a low floor twice in a row, you're basically gonna die from starvation, right? Oh jeez! But, but if you come up to a high level, then you can eat a lot, and then hopefully you can survive your next turn on lower level if you end up down there. But it's just that that whole premise is so interesting, and of course it plays off all the uh, like societal things about if you know if if everybody just only ate what they could on each mm-hmm. floor, there would be there is enough food on the entire platform for everybody, but because it they're... depends on everyone only taking a plate and then letting it go, and if everyone does that, then there is enough for everybody. But of course, nobody does that. So they're like, I'm on top now. I'm going to eat whatever I want. So I, I oh. just, it's it's so interesting, that premise there. That is. I, I thought the end, ending sucked quite a lot. To oh, no. <laughs> but other than that, uh, okay. it was very interesting. I'll keep that in mind if I go and look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they speak Spanish, of course. But, yeah, we actually watch a lot of Spanish. I'm learning my Spanish through uh, Spanish Netflix shows. So that's all right. Right, right, okay, yeah. Well, he, here in the here in Denmark, which I also learned from uh, Twitter, or here in Europe, in most no, not not in France and not in Germany, but otherwise, it's quite common that we just uh, watch things with subtitles on. That's what we do all the time. So we're used to that. Whereas uh, I learn I learn often from Twitter that people find it weird, <laughs> and I never understand why because that since I was a child, that's how we watch things. Yeah, because when you start dubbing things, it's just not the same. No, it's not the same. It isn't. I I. 
think we watched one episode of The Rain in dubbed, and it was very different than watching yeah, it so in Danish in and Danish. In having yes. it subtitled. That was fine. You just get used to reading. I, I take in things better if I read them anyway. So... Yeah. To yeah. me, it's fine. I, it's just bad if you're if you're really really tired and your eyes are tired. The last thing you want to do is read, so you watch something else. I even do it on 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 Danish shows. So, like The Rain, for example, I have subtitles on Danish shows as well because I'm, I'm just I'm so used to it uh, that <laughs> I just I don't know. I, I absorb I absorb the information better when the subtitles are on. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> So how about you? Oh, things are good. I've I've continued with my weekly planning and getting my life organized and I'm making progress in all fronts. So I have really nothing to report other than I've been a very good girl and I've gotten a ton of stuff done and I still have a ton more to yeah, do. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, I've started to catch up. You watch out. <laughs> I'm starting I to get emails. Now this is done. This is done. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> So that's hopefully going to continue. I have my week planned out and all my weekly goals and onward and upward, as an old co-worker used to say. So we're doing good. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. We received a request, actually, for a future post podcast topic from one of our patron supporters. And yes, we did. Yeah, that was pretty good. She wanted us to talk about when the ideal time would be to start working on sequels when you're writing in a series. So I did ask her a bit of more details, um, but that's something we'll put on the list of future episodes there. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I hopefully, uh, especially since you've got some extra information, you can copy and paste it into our, our idea list that we keep. So when we're deciding what we're going to talk about in the future and picking things out, we can look at that one. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was good. So, and of course, uh, you know, by supporting on P Patreon, you can also suggest possible topics for future episodes. Uh, but there is a lot more on Patreon that we do. There is, for example, free access to one of our premium courses. There is a monthly Q&A where you can ask anything you want from writing to marketing and publishing. And we also offer supporters a free workbook as a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> and also at the top level, there's even the possibility for mentoring sessions. So we try to offer a lot of value in return for your support. And in truth, uh, recording these podcast episodes every week is quite a lot of work for us. So, <laughs> so any support we can get, even if it's just a single dollar a month, is it's really helpful and it keeps us committed to, to keep going here. So if you haven't checked out Patreon already, please follow the link in the show notes and then check it out. And we would really, really appreciate it. And so... Yes, especially uh, since one of our goals on there is to have someone go through our new transcripts that come out with each <laughs> podcast. Oh my goodness, some of the errors that come out. I was like, what was it? Yes, bro, and I'm awesome. <laughs> Instead of autumn, yeah, I'm like, wow, I'm just going to go by awesome from now on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, well, we we do do a light edit of the of those <laughs> types of errors on the script that we comes do. out. So. Uh, I think we talked about last week uh, that we've started uh, adding the entire transcript of the podcast on every episode. So we do a light edit on it, but yeah. I can just not tell you how funny it is that what turns out that in that light edit of, of what the AI comes up with that it thinks oh. that we're saying sometimes yeah. it's just so funny. It's fantastic and 
Yeah, it, it at least cracks us up, but it would be so nice to have someone do a little bit more in-depth at it, because, yeah, just looking at it, it was totally skipping one of us talking and other stuff. I was just very frustrated with it. But anyway, we won't go there. And good news, we actually, just before wrapping this up and starting this podcast, we just finished a Q&A session with our new character development students, and that was... That was that so was, awesome. That was awesome. That was legitimately a lot of fun. And it was nice right before the the Q&A session, James, one of the students actually emailed us and just said, you know, he's looking forward to meeting us face to face. And thanks for these opportunities. Uh, your work with to help authors all, all over the world is appreciated, at least by myself. And I'm quite certain that with many who mirror my sentiments. And that's just like that. I mean, we don't need to hear back from people, but darn it, that's awesome. And it really is why we do it is to those little tidbits knowing we're making a difference for other authors and eventually other readers. Yeah, it it really makes a, it makes a difference obviously. Um, So thank you so much for the kind uh, notes. Yes. Thank you, James. And on to today's topic. Uh, Author brands. What is an author brand? (laughs) Yeah. What is an author brand? Uh, I found actually uh, on the, internet of things <laughs> <laughs> i found a i found a quote earlier today uh, from jeff bezos which i think actually sums it up quite nice oh that's good um so it goes like this quote a brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room end quote <laughs> i like that jeff bezos would would come up with that one that is a pretty good definition of what your your personal brand is Otherwise known as gossip, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> now, but but I, I think that the takeaway there is that even if you're not creating your own brand, you're still gonna have one because yeah. people will have an opinion about you. So the alternative is much better, meaning that creating your own brand, well, that's preferable over them making the brand for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> True. Ah, oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. But definitely, yeah, you definitely want to be in charge of what people are saying about you and not just reacting to what, you know, you know, what are people are saying. You, you definitely need to consider these things when you're doing it. I mean, this is why we talk about quality, making sure you have edits and things like that, because technically, you know, making sure your writing is clean and quality and full error free is part of your brand. But that's not the only part of your brand. You want to be a little more in charge of it than that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, uh, as authors, we are selling ourselves, right? Yes, so we are. that also means that uh, we need a brand. Yes, and I think uh, I mean we're dovetailing this right after an episode talking about pen names with uh, Kirsten Oliphant and. That is, yeah, that's another thing. Your Each of your pen names is also a brand. And that would be a reason to change your name is because there is a shift to your brand. You know, you want to be known as something else, whether it's, you know, your one brand is erotica and your other brand is uh, children Christian fiction. You want to keep those two brands separate. But that's an extreme example. But I would not be surprised, actually, if there's someone out there doing both. <laughs> No. So what do we need when we try to create an author brand? 
what 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 things do we need for it um i tried to list out a few things that i was thinking about so basically when you st- start to think about your brand um i think you need to look at your genre that you're writing in mm-hmm. and you need to think about your target reader and then you need to think about what it is that you making that is making you unique so why is it for example in our case here we are writing fantasy so why is it that your target reader should read your fantasy book instead of another fantasy book? Right. I, to me, uh, it helps if you haven't developed your author brand yet, but you have written a few books. One of the first places to look for ideas on what your author brand might be is actually in your reviews. And if you start seeing a common theme of like exciting or really detailed characters or fast paced, when you start seeing things like that, that's probably a, a good clear cut of maybe what your author brand is. But, you know, you can also think about that from the get go and uh, control it as you're writing and releasing your books. But there's definitely, to me, I love mining through my reviews and seeing what people have picked up because sometimes they have an insight that you didn't realize that they were talking about. (laughs) Yeah, so I I was actually, when preparing for this uh, session, I tried to list out a few different things that, um, that I think is important when it comes to your brand and what you could be developing in relation to that. So... I don't have a particular order to, uh, order to these uh, order, and I, okay. I think we can sort of just jump around as uh, as we want. Excellent. But um, I don't know. If, do do you have a place where you would like to start? No, you go first, and um, I will add to it as I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think as an umbrella thing across all of the things that I'm gonna mention here, we could say like. The three inputs that I just mentioned, so the genre, Mm -hmm. your target reader, and what makes you unique. You use your answers to those questions to influence your decision on what kind of colors you're going to use, what fonts you're going to use, what images you're going to use, and then you use those consistently across the different things that we're going to talk about here. That's sort of the underlying mentality around this it is it's really going to inform your marketing because it's going to create a consistency in those colors and those fonts and just the message that this is the type of fantasy or fiction or whatever you're writing that you stand for and if you open up any of your books it's going to be right there you know it's going to be forefront and centered so it's uh, it gives you a whole focus of the theme which is kind of fun <laughs> yes. So the first thing on the list here that I created was a logo. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, well, actually, we've started developing uh, or talking at least about a logo for our joint fiction as well, haven't we? Yes, we have. And yeah, it's on my to-do list because we haven't, well, we haven't even started writing there, but I want to have that logo before we get the website and get writing. Yeah, so of course the logo can be used for different things. I mean, you could uh, you could put them on the book cover, uh, like our plan is to do that mm-hmm. uh, to make to make the branding clear to readers that these are the same books. Because uh, you know, as time goes by and there will be more and more books in this world, then the logo will be the one that joins them all together to show that this is the same, um, well, the same world and the same 
not the same story, I guess that's wrong to say, but at least it's set in the same setting. Uh, of course, if you're just writing a single trilogy, then you could just make sure that each of the covers are looking similarly enough that people can see that these belongs together. But if you write a lot of different books in the same setting, like we plan to do, then a logo could be the one that ties them together. Um, but otherwise, the use of a logo is good for, you know, of course, your social media profiles and uh, and on your website. And I mean, because there's a few different layers there of logos. You can have your series logo, your book logo. And then I have a personal logo for my website, which is under Autumn Writing. So I actually tweaked it over the years because I realized the original one had a kind of a book and some kind of like tree-ish thing. Hey, Autumn, writer, hello. But I realized I write fantasy. When you look at it, it doesn't say exciting fantasy. And that's what I write. I mean, most of my readers know that, yeah, there's the characters and other things, but I write fast paced fantasy. It's pretty much a page turner. It's more like the thriller version of fantasy. So I recently, like, I think, I mean, to me recently, like within the last two years, I tweaked and changed my (laughs) logo, my personal logo. So that's another place where you use it though. I mean, I use it. um, It's a logo for who I am. It's in all my books that I publish. There's a little circle logo that links to my website and it creates consistency. You land on that website, you know, you're under one of my books. And then each of the series also has individual logos that are also exciting, but that's a good way of tying your series together. Yeah, absolutely. And and of course, there, there is, just as you said, there, there is some thinking behind what kind of images and fonts and all that that you use uh, writing fantasy. Well, that in a medieval setting, that well, that that's different imagery and, and fonts and colors than if you're writing, I don't know, a modern tr- thriller, right? Yeah. The, the, those things are different. So, and that should inform and influence your logo design. Definitely. Okay. And we talked a bit about website there. I feel like that that's sort of your area, Autumn. So maybe you can say a bit about websites. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, having just talked to Kirsten, she feels she feels that the websites are kind of going by the wayside, at least the, one, the big ones with blog posts and everything else. But I do yeah. think there's still a landing page. Most authors, maybe they're not looking you up, maybe they're looking you up more on Amazon than they are for your own website. But since we do sell uh, books off of our website, and if you're going to sell like signed copies, paperbacks or hardbacks off of your website, you want to have a website. And so there you create, you take those same colors, you have a color scheme. There's some, usually five colors is what you want for a website. And there's some great tips and techniques if you do website design on how to land on those colors which is a whole science of itself but then you use your fonts you use your logo you keep that like i said my logo who i am and what kind of books i write is more front and centered than the individual books i have because I want it to be under my name because I do write in different genres, as you notice from the previous podcast talking to Kirsten. <laughs> I write in different genres, but I did not choose a pen name. So I chose that. I chose to stay under myself, Autumn Burt, because I felt it still fell underneath my brand. And so that's one of those important questions to ask yourself. And that's why I have just one set website that lists all my books. Yeah, ideally, uh, because I, 
Also, previously, before Autumn and I started working together, I, I wrote nonfiction. So ideally, I should have had two different, almost, I probably almost two different, um, you know, pen names for it, <laughs> uh, because it's just a real weird mixture. So you have fantasy fiction, and then you have some author-related nonfiction books, for example, that has, that doesn't tie in at all. Uh, but at that point in time, I just felt like a second pen name, and and then a whole second brand and a second. Um, online presence and all that it was too much to manage so I, I did it all under my own name and that's what I've done but it's not ideal for sure no we could um, have been like Joanna Penn and she has her fiction under JF Penn. JF Penn I mean it is a tongue-in-the-cheek just a little indicator saying hey this is a different version of me and that's sort of what the pen name you know some of them you want to keep completely separate like kirsten has hers you know it's written in her profile she's honest these are different ones but she has way different names under her different pen names so you know it each happens but each time you choose a pen name you're doing it for a reason whether it's uh just a nod to the other part of who you are and what you're selling or a totally you know making it fit she has one that really fits the urban fantasy that she's writing in so you know that is kind of the fun thing about a pen name if you don't think your name really fits it's john smith and you're trying to write cozy um mysteries yeah you might want to go with something a little more cozy yeah yeah and actually well it's funny because that she that you said that she said that about websites because we talked slightly we touched slightly upon it in a past episode as well Mm -hmm. where we had slight different views you and i on websites and the need for them if of course if we disregard uh, the need to (laughs) sell directly because if you need to do that then it's a given that you need the website yes but i remember in a past episode that i said that in principle you could just create a landing page. If you, for example, if you use ConvertKit or something like that, they give you the possibility to create a landing page and, and they will host it for you. You could, in principle, just create that so that you can have a way to collect email addresses. Yeah. And that's it. And I mean, of course, it is, it is a very light approach. I understand that. But I, I do agree with her thinking that I don't think that websites is the necessity that it used to be. I I can especially if you're running multiple genres and multiple pen names. I I think for like her newer one, she literally has it. She bought the URL with the name, the brand name, her author name or pen mm, name, mm. and she has a redirect to a landing page and to sign up and see her books, and that's it. And so yeah, you yeah. you really can do that. But again, she does still have a presence, and she did go through the effort of buying the URL so no one could buy it out from under her. So there's still some tech savvy, but that is one of those big things. And I mean, and speaking of website, so your brand, whatever that name is, um, whether it is author or so-and-so or just the name, that is part of your brand, and you should own that. So go buy that URL. You know, it's one of the things she checked before she was creating these pen names. Is she would Google it and see if the URL was free, see if anyone else was using it. She wanted to make right. sure it was very because she was specifically choosing a brand. And those are the things you want to check on as you're settling on a brand if you're creating something and not just you know going with what you were born with. That's why I'm so happy that we uh, snatched up am writing no am reading fantasy.com before yes. we even knew what we were going to use it for. <laughs> I know it is. It's a very good one. 
yeah, we have a use for it now in the future. So uh, it was good that we snatched up that one. Yes, well, heck, I, I still remember. I'm still so I, amazed that it was free. I'm still amazed Am writing fantasy was free when I thought of it because I was literally on a three or four day hike of the Appalachian Trail. And I think I thought of it on day one. I'm like, oh, there's no way that that one's still available. And four days later, the first thing I did when I got off the trail was Google it going, no, that is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. Yeah. And then we bought Am reading fantasy when we were at it as well. So that yes. was good. Very good. Okay. But that's slightly off topic. All right, um, yes. So Bringing it back, uh, the next element to the author brand is the picture of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and again here, I would say make sure that the picture of yourself is on brand, meaning that uh, there is a difference between you know you looking serious versus someone who writes humor. Because if you are writing more humoristic novels, mm-hmm. perhaps a bit more of a funny picture i said that in quotation mark there but a, a bit more <laughs> funny smiling. picture might be better yeah, smiling and laughing and I, this is another one where i again i remember very clearly from joanna penn when she wrote a um it was something on her pen name or just she was con- contrasting her two different brands and she showed her one image and now i can't remember if it was the fiction or the non-fiction but one of them's black and white it's almost the exact same picture but she mm. actually had one black and white because it just fits the genre and resonated better with readers. And I thought, well, that's just interesting to go all the way down to the color of the picture. But I mean, I totally agree. And this is one where I see a lot of people say, you know, you need a professional author image. And so I have this picture. You often see the ones, you know, the clean background and the standing there and maybe the half smile or holding one of your books. And it has a pose to it. And to me, those come off as so standoffish and snooty. I can't help it. (laughs) Um, And occasionally you get some more, you know, the warmth in the eyes and more happy ones. But if you ever look at my author image, I'm holding a four-leaf clover and I'm actually a little out of focus. It's the four-leaf clover that's in focus. And there's this amazing Alaskan mountain background behind me because I was traveling when we took it. And by the way, yes, I'm just really good at finding four-leaf clovers. That's just me. But um, <laughs> I I think some people, I understand the idea this is professional and we should take it seriously. But I also think if it's part of your brand that you are very open and out there and energetic or whatever that is, there's no problem with that coming through. I mean, you probably don't want one of your like mother kissing you on the cheek or something, but you can choose, uh, you can choose an author image. That's a little more fun than the, you know, went to a studio and took a set pose, but that's my opinion. I know some people totally disagree with me. (laughs) No, I I think it's important that the picture comes off naturally, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that it looks very natural so that you can build that connection with the reader because pictures are doing that very well. There's a reason why you use pictures. It's because it builds a connection with people. So it has to look natural. um, But I I would still say, unless you're very good at it, don't take a selfie. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not not good. Um, I, I and a professional photographer should also be able to help you in taking a picture that does not look like you're posing. Yes, that they they can make it look so that you bring your natural or whatever it's called <laughs> your authentic your natural self. self. Yeah, your authentic, authentic self. self to the yes. yeah yeah. I happen uh, to be married to a f- professional photographer, so I have some you know 
Uh, you're lucky. I know. I've got some <laughs> luck there. So, yeah, he's my per- yeah. personal paparazzi, so I'm good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but I did some very quick internet search uh, before uh, this episode. Uh, so it's not very specific here but or scientific at all. But I think you can get a picture taken for somewhere between $100 and $200. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. I would think if you're going to get a whole series, it might be up to 350 But in general, for just a few photos. A few uh, headshots or something yeah, like that. Yeah, a few headshots from a local photographer. And especially, like I said, some of them are willing to go outside versus being in a studio or something like that. You should be able to find someone who can give you a nice library photo or something. Or maybe even in your own house if you have a nice bookcase or something. You get that little bit of an author image. Hmm. Okay, so the next set piece or building block I have here for your author brand is then something that we actually talk about in the self-publishing success course that we're, that's the free course that we are planning to release later this year. But in that course, we talk about creating your why. Mm. So this is basically a one-sentence statement demonstrating why you write what you do. And uh, in Autumn, in my case, we write fantasy because we believe that human beings evolve and heal themselves through stories. Uh, So in short, our why, we summed it up with the following sentence, quote, stories makes the world a better place, end quote. (laughs) Very long quote, yes. (laughs) No, but that's the point, right? It It is to be simple and easy, very short. Uh, and I'm pretty happy with what we came up with there, Autumn. I think yeah. that's good. No, I, I agree. And I think it really sums up the many layers. There's many, many layers to it. And so that's kind of the fun of it. You can, obviously, we're not stuck with one type of image or one type of you know, reaching reader. We can play with the different ways of why we think it's important. And that's part of the brand, though. I mean, it's a multi-tiered approach, but that's always the fun yeah, and it's an easy thing to communicate with a single mm-hmm. sentence like that uh, on, you know, Twitter profile or on social media, on also on your website, of course. But it's it's something you can you just glance over it with your eyes and you already understand what it is, right? You don't have to read like full paragraphs explaining why I think fantasy is a great genre and blah blah blah. It's just stories makes the world a better place. Yeah, and it's That's a, it. it's. The beginning, in many ways, it's the end of your elevator speech. It's wonderful to have that so that when someone asks you, you know, uh, why do you write? Uh, What do you write? You can say, this is why I do this. And you have confidence and it's wonderful. Yeah. And and the other thing is that this ties back to what we talked about in the beginning about what makes you unique. So your why is unique to you. Um, So it sets you apart instantly there on why it is that you're writing and why why is fantasy just stronger that you're writing, for example, right? I mean, your answer to those kind of questions, well, nobody else can answer the questions like you can. That's right. And that's why so, it is sort of the core of your brand. And it's a great tip and a great way to start exploring, you know, why this is going to be your brand and why you're writing in this and being in control of it instead of, you know, going and waiting and seeing what other people say about you. Yeah, so I have a question listed mm. here at the end of my list. Uh, but before I ask that question, uh, is there anything else that 
ties in with author uh, author branding that we have missed or I have missed here, Autumn, in my list? I don't think so. I just want to let people know that just because you have a brand and maybe have a color scheme, that doesn't mean like all your book covers are going to look alike or things like that. You can obviously use a logo or a series logo. That's all fine, but you're still going to have unique covers. You're not pigeonholing yourself. You're kind of, you know, creating a theme. You're, you are a certain set and you're going to stay within those bounds, but your books themselves are going to speak for themselves. And so the covers should speak for themselves. You're still free to be creative and concepts there. It's just that there's a theme underlying neat all your writing and why you write and sort of who you are. And some people, I was talking about authentic self earlier, and authenticity has been a huge like movement, even on Instagram, that people want to connect to an authentic person. And I get a lot of questions on, well, if you're portraying this brand, that's not really who you are. But it should be a sliver mm. of who you are. I've always looked at it like when you're with your mom, you're a slightly different person than when you're with your boss, you know. But you're your siblings versus, you know, your aunt or uncle. There's different versions of you. Yeah, it's different versions of you, but your brand is still a part of you. It should feel comfortable. You shouldn't be making up something and you should not hate this other brand that you're creating. It should be true to you. But it's just a small, it's just a different aspect. It's the piece that you put forward and you say, this is who I am as a writer and this is what I stand for. Not this is this fake person that I'm pretending to be when I'm writing. No, of course not. Okay, so are you ready for a question, Autumn? Sure, well, <laughs> we just did the character development Q&A for over an hour, so I can do one more question. Okay. How important is an author brand, really? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> How important is it? I would say... If you are going to be a professional author, that you are going to do this because you want to make it a business, that you want to maybe make a living off of it, and you're really going to go all in, it is integral. If you are just playing around with writing, it's a hobby, and you, you know, you're not really in love with it, it's just something you're trying out. I'd still take it. I would still ask people to take it seriously. I have recently met someone. I was doing some cover work and I was trying to investigate this author, and she had no pen names, but almost every single book she had uploaded was linked to a different Amazon author profile. Like she created multiple ones. And that's just confusing. I, I, yeah, I was really, really surprised. And it was all just different variations, like her name with a period, her name without a period, her full name, her initial. (laughs) No, seriously. Uh, It was seriously. So don't do that. (laughs) Take your brand seriously enough that you're like on the same Amazon. Oh, I can't even imagine what her KDP dashboard must have looked like. Make sure you're on the same dashboard. You're you've got the same author name. be at least that serious, no matter how much of a hobby that you're just doing one book and it's just so you can give it to your nieces and nephews before you die. You know, it's still a legacy. It's still a brand. Take it seriously. Yeah. I think the most common objection that I bump into when I when we talk about author brands is like, well, author or brands are things for large corporations and we're, we're just authors. We don't, we don't need a brand. <laughs> and I, I can sort of understand the thinking behind that argument, but 
you're still selling products as a as an author you know in in this case we're selling books but it's a product that we're selling and if we're then talking about how important is an author brand really i mean it's not like it's going to revolutionize your book sales all of a sudden and you're gonna <laughs> earn millions because you created this awesome brand or something i mean <laughs> it's great if you can create an excellent brand but it's not gonna earn you a ton of money that that's not the point i think that the main point here is that if you via your branding can get across to somebody when they first come across you on the internet where there's a million of different books available available to them mm-hmm. and they come across you And if they almost at a glance can get an impression of, okay, this has a certain, let's say, fantasy feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the image. Um, maybe there's a dragon crawling between letters or something. I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, there's something that it just leaves a positive impression on the readers as they just come across you at the first time. And then, of course, the idea is that over time, it should accumulate so that it brings more and more people in who are then interested in your writing and they'll give you a book a chance because they like 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 the branding that you have created around it mm-hmm. and they'll give it a chance and then they'll read your book and some of them will love it and they'll go on to read other books and so forth so it's more like i probably wouldn't even call it a cornerstone in your publishing Uh, part of of your business uh, but it's a foundation it's, stone it's... yeah maybe but it's it's something like i would say like you could live without it uh, mm-hmm. but it just makes a difference to give a good impression and when you're running a business like we are when we are authors why wouldn't you want to leave a good impression i guess that's that's the best way i could phrase it <laughs> yes i think and i think that works and to me is if you as an author are are taking it serious or maybe you are trying to get into marketing and you just feel a little lost creating a brand really helps give you focus and a theme and a message and suddenly all those things that you're struggling with and trying to put together and What kind of images and what kind of quotes and what am I talking about? You suddenly go, oh, my theme is fast-paced fantasy, so I'm going to find action scenes. Or my theme is really nuanced characters or romance or emotions. Suddenly you know what scenes and quotes to go get. You know what's important. You know your next book, you're going to make sure it has those. It kind of makes a lot of stuff that are nebulous and you kind of don't even realize you're struggling with click into place. And you're like, ah this works. This is what I'm going to do. And if so, for that reason, I would say, you know, you start a brand just so that you can kind of concentrate and figure out some of these little parts of yourself and your marketing and your, you know, how you're reaching the readers you're trying to reach for. Yeah. So I think author branding helps you communicate about yourself and make that personal connection with the readers and, uh, A brand will emerge whether you want it or not. So <laughs> you might as well put yourself in the driving seat there and uh, decide what your branding will be about. So next Monday, we will share 10 things that makes for a great hero. So oh. that should prove very interesting indeed. 
If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.